and welcome to the Destination Health Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Martin. Before I have any guests on, I wanted to do an introductory episode where I'll give you an idea of the type of guests I'll have on, uh, the topics we'll be talking about, and to give you an idea of my background and how it relates to the podcast. So I plan to have two different types of guests on. Primarily, I plan to have people who have an amazing health story to tell uh, about their transformation from uh, ill health to uh, improved health. And so some of those examples will be major weight loss, uh, coming back from cancer, conquering heart disease, immune disorders like Crohn's, and uh, one that's very near and dear to me, people who have struggled with Lyme disease and who finally um, turned a corner. So the second type of guests that I'll have on are those that help people to um, go through their journey of improving their health, like health coaches, um, nutritionists, other medical uh, practitioners. So I anticipate uh, in the course of uh, discussions with guests that we'll be covering um, many topics um, such as, obviously, nutrition. That's going to be a big part of our discussion. Exercise, and I want to forewarn you right now, I am a runner. I've been a runner for many years, so many of my guests will be runners and will probably... Talk about running, um, but this is not a running podcast. The primary purpose is not to talk about running. Um, we'll also be talking about stress reduction, the importance of sleep, social connections, meaning and purpose or spiritual life, the food industry and how that impacts so many people's health, the health system, and I hope to be able to discuss the differences between functional medicine and traditional medicine. I I think that's one uh, ray of hope in improving our medical system is to go to a functional medicine uh, paradigm. So I'm not going to get into that now, but that's uh, one of the things I'd like to uh, discuss. So why should you listen to this podcast? Well, the theme is to inform and inspire. Um, You'll learn by listening to my guests, their mistakes that they made in their journey. Um, You may pick up some information that you never thought of. um, And hopefully you'll be inspired uh, by their amazing stories. And at a bare minimum... At the end of the day, this is going to be a podcast where it's a true story with a happy ending. So everybody should like that. Um, I feel compelled to throw in a disclaimer. I am not a medical professional. I don't have a medical background. And we're not going to be making diagnosis on this podcast. This is to give you ideas to go back and talk to a trusted medical advisor. Um, And as I also mentioned, it's uh, to inspire you to action. So uh, how does this relate to me? 
Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I'm not just a runner. I am about to turn 65 years old in a couple weeks at the time of this recording in late December 2020. And uh, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of my background with my two health crises that I there's a crisis sees I've had in the last 15 years, and and you'll get an idea why I'm motivated to um, talk about the, our medical system and our food system, and to share other stories that are similar to mine. Uh, so let me get into it. Uh, so. In my late 40s, after years of eating processed foods, um, sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, at least eight hours a day, and basically ignoring my health, I was overweight, out of shape, and quite frankly, wrecked with stress. So uh, I would go to a track, a local track, and the extent of my workout would be that I would run one lap around the track and then I'd have to stop and walk. And, um, you know, so I was at a very much a low point and then uh, my ill health was confirmed when I turned 50 years old. I went for an annual physical the doctor heard um, some sounds coming from my carotid arteries. I got scanned for blockage. It came back that I had 60 to 80% blockage in both of my carotid arteries. So it was a shock, uh, but it sort of uh, explained why I was feeling so poorly. Uh, I subsequently took um, a stress test. And it indicated blockage in my heart as well. So I started researching uh, on my own. Uh, it, I came up with um, a book that I particularly uh, liked by Dean Ornish. It was uh, actually titled uh, Reversing Heart Disease, A Program to Reverse Heart Disease. And um, so I had read a lot of information that the conventional wisdom was that you couldn't reverse heart disease. Um, so eventually, I would say about six weeks after I met with my family doctor, he had me meet with a cardiologist. So this cardiologist was highly rated um, his health grade score is 5.0. He's, uh, you know, well thought of. So this was my experience with him. Uh, first of all, he told me he was going to double my dosage of my statin. And when I pointed out to him that I had been, you know, following this program by Dean Ornish, uh, where I was... I basically changed my diet to um, close to a vegan diet. I started taking yoga. I joined a, a hiking club. And um, so I did all these steps, which is essentially um, to improve your diet, reduce your stress, and increase your exercise. And he basically told me that exercise and nutrition is ineffective that that will never work. 
So that was my first uh, experience. Oh, and in addition, he told me that my condition was not reversible and that I would need to take medicine or prescriptions the rest of my life. And eventually I would need a procedure done to um, basically they put stents in your carotid arteries to keep them open. So that was my, but according to him, that was my fate. So I did not accept that fate um, because I had read too much that uh, was in disagreement with that approach. I mean, that was the, I knew it was the traditional medical approach, but I didn't believe in it. So I found another cardiologist and discussed with him um, my approach. Luckily, he was a very open-minded individual. And uh, to make a long story short, he said, you continue doing what you're doing. We'll rescan you like every six months to a year, and we'll see what progress you're making. And if you make enough progress, we'll take you off the meds. And so that's what I did. I followed the program that I described, and I started reversing my blockage. So eventually, uh, you know, after six months, I made major improvements. But it took... I would say a year and a half to two years before I was completely cleared, um, but I did it. So it just shows you that pills and procedures are not always the way. I know everybody's different, and I'm not saying this would work for everybody. I'm not saying every disease condition is reversible, but a lot of conditions are. So obviously, I... <laughs> am uh, motivated to get the word out that pills and procedures are not always the way. Uh, everybody's different. You should talk to your doctor, but it's not always the way. I uh, got into running then. Uh, I sort of uh, morphed from hiking into trail running. And uh, I always had this goal in the back of my mind since I was a runner at a younger age uh, that I wanted to do the Boston Marathon. So I, to make a long story short, I qualified for it. I went to the Boston, I ran it. And uh, so th that was, I got to check that off my list. Uh, to be honest, though, I fell in love with trail running. That was really my first love um, after I started doing it. I, I train on the roads, but I just enjoy racing in the and, and also training on the trails. So just to give you some brief highlights of that, I, um, at age 60, I won a, an ultra race. Uh, it was a six hour race where you tried to run as far as you could for six hours. And, uh, it was a hot day and several people dropped out. And the bottom line is I hung in there and I won. So I look back at age 50 I was running one lap around the track, and age 60, I won an ultra marathon. So I had come quite a long ways. Uh, and then when I turned 61, I entered my first 100-mile race, and I took sixth overall in a time of 22 hours. And uh, so I was excited about that. I ran another 100-mile race. 
things were going well uh, that same year, by the way. Uh, so things were going very well. And then something happened after uh, a race in um, 2018. I ran this race called the Laurel Highlands, which was a 70-mile, very grueling race in tough terrain. And my knee swelled up. So I just thought that, you know, it's due to the terrain and what do you expect? You're running, you know, 70 miles. Uh, so I didn't think much of it at first, uh, but it wouldn't go away. So I went to an orthopedic doctor who happened to be a triathlete. And he told me, you know, you, your knee, you know, he took an x-ray and he said, the spacing in your knee looks good. I, I really think you're going to bounce back, but you really should cut back on the running. Why don't you take up biking and uh, swimming? So he basically tried to convert me into a triathlete, which maybe someday I will. But uh, the swelling still did not go away. Uh, I changed insurance plans. I ended up going to a different doctor and then she took an MRI and she came back and said, look, you have a little bit of arthritis, not much, but uh, you have degenerative meniscus tears. So, um, you know, you can go to physical therapy or I can operate. And she said, you know, try physical therapy first, which I had already tried earlier, but I'm open. I tried it again. Absolutely nothing. Did nothing. My knee's still swollen. It's now close to a year since it swelled up. And, you uh, know, uh, so I was getting desperate. Uh, I, I researched uh, surgery for degenerative meniscus tears and... That did not look like a good idea to me at all. Again, I'm not saying that's wise for everyone, but if you research it, you'll see a lot of information on how um, it's not always effective and that physical therapy is just as effective. Uh, so anyway, I did not have the operation, and thank God I didn't because I started investigating uh, more experimental or more cutting-edge treatments like uh, platelet-rich plasma, uh, PRP. And I went to a doctor at the Hershey Med Center, and uh, so the first thing he says to me is, you need to be tested for Lyme. And I had Lyme disease. I had never even considered that. I, I thought, you know... Lyme disease, you get a rash, and you know, uh, I didn't, I never saw a rash. I, you know, I, I, although when I started thinking about it, I did have some mysterious fever back actually in the fall of 2016. So, you know, maybe that was the start of it. I don't know. But bottom line is, the test came back positive. I had Lyme disease. And, the problem then became, uh, you know, I got the standard 30-day treatment of doxycycline and an antibiotic. It did nothing. Nothing. Uh, and I started uh, researching online and joining user groups. And I found this whole community uh, of people who have been suffering with Lyme for years. Um, 
arthritis of what I basically had is just one symptom. There are so many other symptoms and actually more dangerous symptoms than what I had. But mine manifested itself uh, with a swollen knee. And I, and I had some other joints that swelled up from time to time. But basically, after the 30 days, it was like, well, you know, we don't believe this is the doctor I was dealing with. We, you know, we don't believe in more antibiotics. You know, he was talking about some kind of procedure to open my knee up and remove fluid. And, you know, I, it's not the process I wanted to follow. So I found what's considered a Lyme literate doctor. And he put me on two different types of antibiotics and um, probiotics. And I was on it for 90 days and it started to clear up. It was amazing. Uh, you know, after a year and a half of having a swollen knee, it was finally um, getting better late in the year 2019. So uh, by the beginning of this year, I was able to run pretty effectively again. I actually ran a short race at the end of 2019, but was still having some uh, difficulty with my knee. But this year, 2020, ironically, has been a great year for me uh, from a running perspective. Um, I ran seven ultras, um, two 50-milers, and my very last race, uh, which was the biggest uh, ultra in the United States, the JFK 50-miler, I won my age group. So I would say that I'm back and uh, I've learned quite a bit about Lyme disease in the process. I still have some lingering uh, issues with my knee, but obviously since I ran 250-mile races, the issues are not... Uh, overwhelming. So anyway, obviously I'm going to be having guests on to talk about Lyme disease because there's there's a big controversy in the two um, organizations uh, that, um, I won't say control, but two bodies of uh, one's more traditional medicine and one's more, um, I'll say, uh, non-traditional but uh, anyway, that that's going to be another topic we'll be discussing. So enough about me. Uh, I just want to um, give you an idea why I'm so motivated to have people come on and talk about their stories and and to delve into some health issues that we have in this country. So if you want more detail on my background. Uh, I was a guest on several podcasts. I'll include the links uh, in the show notes. And, you know, if you want to, you can listen. I go into greater detail. I plan to add a website, uh, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I don't want to hold this, uh, releasing this episode up. I've <laughs> delayed enough. So you can find this podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I'll include the links. And I also have an email set up for this podcast. So if you have any suggestions, if you know of a guest that would make a great guest, uh, or you yourself have a health story you would like to talk about, 
please email me at the address I'm going to give in the show notes. And, um, or if you want to volunteer to help me with my social media, that's not my strength. Uh, I'm not a big social media person. Uh, so I'm definitely open to advice to come up with a strategy. Uh, so if you want to talk to me about that, email me. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening. And I'm looking forward to interviewing my inspiring guests very soon. Thanks a lot.